Sup, Sup Buzznet. That one was way less enthusiastic. In reference to the podcast. Back for Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. Hit us with that freaky shit, bitch. And today we're going to learn about Pennhurst. Oh, it is state school. Huh? It is a state school. Okay. I just thought I wrote it down wrong. Oh, my eyes. Uh, my sources were Wikipedia, Weird, <laughs> NewJersey.com, and New York Times. I wrote, well, it's Weird NJ. I wrote JN. <laughs> it's Weird, a Jersey New. <laughs> The construction of Pennhurst State School started in 1903 on Crab Hill in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Not in Philly this time. Where's Crab Hill? I have no idea. Crab Hill? Crab, yeah, Crab Hill. Crab Hill in Philadelphia. <laughs> Damn. Hitting them with that Philly hate already. From crab is in like... Like a crab. Like pubic like, lice crab. Well, I was going to say like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Well, you know what they say. Two people. people. Uh, from 1903... I just spit all over my microphone. Is it Crab Space Hill? Yeah. Crab Hill. That does not exist. Well, it's in Spring City, Pennsylvania. I said crab on Crab Hill in Spring City, Pennsylvania. I don't think you did. I definitely did, because I read it. Spring what? City. That's quite a couple hundred miles away from us. Like closer to Philly? Way closer. It's actually between Pottstown and King of Prussia. Which is on the outskirts of Philly. Good to know. Is it? (laughs) Is it? Is it? From 1903 to 19- Uh, wait. <laughs> we didn't talk about our Dairy Queen trip. Hmm? We didn't talk about the devil haunting us at Dairy Queen. Oh, that's right. We got Dairy Queen and- the- You're welcome, Dairy Queen. And the total was 666. <laughs> what a- what a winky dink. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> From 1903 to 1908, the first buildings were built on 633 acres of land. Damn. And were referred to as the lower campus. Those rooms were the girls' dining room, the kitchen, storeroom, cottage for girls, the boys' dining room, teacher's home, cottage for boys, school, laundry and sewing, and the powerhouse. Hmm. The teacher's home was used as a temporary administration building and was constructed... Oh, until an administration building was constructed. In 1930, the upper campus, otherwise known as the female colony, was completed. <laughs> I guess we needed our own. The, other, the older buildings were two-storied and made of red brick, terracotta, and granite trimmings. They were connected by fireproof tunnels with walkways on top of the tunnels to transport residents. The buildings were designed to have a large number of small rooms with two or three beds, small dormitories with eight to ten beds and a big day room for exercise 
No thanks. <laughs> on the exercise. Yeah, I would like eight to ten beds on one room though. I mean, it's a survival lot of, of the fittest. I wouldn't survive. The first patient was admitted to the hospital on November 23rd, 1908. Within four years, Penhurst was overcrowded and was under pressure to admit immigrants, orphans, and criminals who could not be housed elsewhere. Okay, that's <laughs> random. Like, there's no other jails you could stick them in? I mean, why are you putting immigrants in jail? It was also in 1908. Mm, it's a different time. I guess. I mean, not so different. Patients were classified into different categories. There were mental, where you were either an imbecile or insane. Physical categories of... Can I be both? <laughs> yeah. Uh, physical categories of epileptic or healthy... And dental categories of good, poor, or treated teeth. Okay. So, not a lot of options. No, ma'am. Patients were assigned different jobs to perform that included mattress making, shoe making, and repair, farming, laundry, domestic duties, sewing, baking, butchering, and working in the store. And, oh shit. Oh, shit. I don't want to comment on it. It's my document. <laughs> In 1913, a commission for the care of the feeble-minded was appointed and stated that the disabled were unfit for citizenship and posed a menace to the peace. The chief, chief physician quoted... Henry, the cheese? Huh? The cheese? Yeah, the cheese. The chief physician quoted Henry H. Goddard and said, Every feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. The general public, although more convinced today than ever before, that it is a good thing to segregate the idiot or the distinct imbecile, they have not yet been conceived as to the proper treatment of the defective delinquent, which is the brighter and more dangerous individual. What? Basically... If you're an idiot, you're a potential criminal. And oh. that you have, they have not been convinced that there's proper treatment to, of the defective delinquent to make them less dangerous. Oh, okay. In 1916, the Board of Trustees initiated a plan to in increase the capacity of the institution by building housing specifically for females to separate, from them, to separate them from the males to prevent pregnancies. In 1968, Penhurst was exposed in a five-part television report about the conditions at the hospital. There were images shown that were hands and feet bound by straps to adult-sized crib beds. Some patients were shown to be twitching, rocking, and pacing, and many had a severe lack of much-needed mental stimulation. When the reporter asked the patient if he could have anything that he wanted, what would it be, and the patient replied, to get out of Penhurst. 90% of the patients had an IQ below 35, 10% were over 62 years of age, 20% were blind or visually handicapped, and 20% were confined to wheelchairs or had difficulty walking. Oh. In a statement during indictments of nine employees, 
Mr. Reynolds, who was the assistant attorney general, said, This should give a clear message across the country that abuse of patients will not be tolerated. I fully recognize that employees of mental institutions have difficult and demanding jobs, but they cannot abuse citizens who are among the most defenseless in our society. Mr. Reynolds also said that under the federal criminal civil rights laws, such employees were prohibited from willfully depriving persons within their care of the right protected by federal laws in the United States Constitution not to be deprived of liberty without due process. <laughs> the maximum penalty upon conviction on each count is one year in prison and a $1,000 fine. And there was nine defendants. Uh, one was 26 years old, accused of causing one patient to beat and physically abuse another. I don't know if I should read their names or not. I don't even know if they'd still be alive. Probably, since it was... I mean, they were charged, weren't they? Oh, true. Debbie A. Belinsky. Uh, Marsha L. Sorry, what's her last name? Olinsky? Belinsky. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> Marsha L. Conrad, 27, accused of assaulting and injuring a patient. Gregory A. Derricks. 25, accused of two counts of physically abusing two patients. Damn. Hastings J. Dice. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a real name. 43, accused of 10 counts of beating nine patients. Jesus. Stephen G. Dice. Oh, must have been related. Uh, 25, probably his son or daughter. I don't know what Hastings. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what gender that would um, be. Accused of four counts of physically abusing three patients. So, they were just, like, shitty people. Yeah. Kevin Peace, 23, accused of three counts of beating one patient and slapping and phys physically abusing another. Good lord. Cecil L. Snell, Jr., 22, accused of two counts of beating and assaulting patients in wheelchairs. That was a funny name. Can you just say it again? <laughs> Cecil L. Snell Jr. <laughs> Margaret C. Wisniewski, 52, accused of assaulting a patient. And Harold Yost, 46, accused of two counts of assaulting and beating patients. Jesus. But, like, at least, well, they all, nine of them got fired. Good. So that was, like, well, I mean, they probably had to because they threw them in jail. <laughs> Uh, Penhurst was basically self-sustaining and was completely independent from the rest of society, and the society preferred it that way. It had its own power plant, police, and produced its own food. Anything else they needed came on the railway line. By the mid-60s, Penhurst had been in operation for 50 years, and it housed 2,791 people, mostly children. Uh, it was about 900 more than the buildings were thought to comfortably house. Administrators realized that they weren't giving the ideal treatment, but with crumbling buildings, a budget shortfall of $4 million, and only nine medical doctors and 11 teachers, none of which had special education training, there was nothing they could really do. Uh, the documentary showed a physician describing how he had dealt with a vicious bully that beat up another patient. He asked about... He said about how he asked a colleague which injection would cause the most discomfort without permanently injuring the patient. Good lord. He then gave the injection to the inmate. 
It took 20 years of legal actions, federal judgments that were made and overturned, and growing financial troubles for the hospital to be shut down. By the 80s, lack of funds, short staffing, overcrowding, and neglig negligent accusations. <laughs> oh, neglect accusations. I like totally forgot how to pronounce that word for a second. Caught up to the hospital in 1987, Penhurst closed its doors. Today, Penhurst is privately owned, and there is some controversy about their decision. There is a haunted house on the premises, and there is concern about how it is deeply disrespectful of patients who suffered the brutality that once took place there, which I don't disagree with. Yeah, I kind of, I, yeah, fair. Uh, Timothy Smith, the owner's son, said that they want to restore part of the location and create a museum and historical tour open to the public. Sounds fake and like he's just trying to save face. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But like, obviously, him or his father agreed to let them do it. Yeah. Um, so there are disembodied voices that have been recorded that some of which say, go away. Oh, are we onto the spooky shit? Yeah. I don't think you said that. Oh, we're onto the spooky shit. Uh, there's disembodied voices, some of them have been recording, that say, go away, I'll kill you. <laughs> I will go away. <laughs> <laughs> We're upset. Oh, okay. Uh, why'd you come here? I'm scared. And an invisible female asks, why won't you leave? <laughs> well, I'm not an invisible female, so why won't you leave? Because I don't want to. <laughs> And then the rest of these, since all the research I did on it. Is that your mouse again? I cannot confirm or deny that. <laughs> uh, this, this is the one I was telling you about that they gave all the buildings letters and then didn't tell you what they were. Okay. And then all the other ones had the building names and didn't tell you what they were. So this one is from the Quaker building. There are shadows that manifest and dissipate at random. These shadows include what appeared to be a small female child with long black hair, which that just sounds like the ring and I would not want to be near it. Yeah, fair. A hunched over presence with long dangly arms Ew. and the upper portion of bodies looking over or around obstacles. It's like peeking around the wall at you. Uh, doors. And a rocking chair have moved without anyone being near them. Nope. An investigator was shoved from behind hard enough on the stairway to leave a deep red mark on the small of his back. Nope. Another investigator was snatched. Oh, <laughs> scratched, not snatched. <laughs> was scratched on the arm by an unknown object when they were not by anything or even close to any walls. Objects being propelled in the basement, such as a pry bar, some... A sort of brass fixture and various other unknown objects. Which I would cry if something got thrown at me and I couldn't see what threw it. Yeah. Did our boy Zach go? I don't know if they ever did go to this one. I didn't even look that up. You're really letting me down. It's the only paranormal show I know of. I know, but sometimes they're so hard to watch. Nuh-uh. Well, I was watching the one... We didn't do it yet, but 
I couldn't stand listening to him, and it was a YouTube video, so I just muted it and put the subtitles on and read it. <laughs> but then I could still hear it in my head, because I have seen it before. Uh, there are EMF spikes throughout the building when there's no electricity supplied to any building there anymore. A psychic medium named Sharon Pug. Pew. P-U-G-H. Pug. Uh, Pug. Pug. <laughs> it's felt multiple energies there, including either a demonic force or a past life that wasn't a very nice person. Uh, there's the Limerick building. The apparition of a woman in an old-style nurse's uniform was observed by a firefighter, police officer, and a marine. Multiple EVPs have also been recorded there. Uh, in the Devon building, there are unknown sounds that are heard from everywhere. <laughs> uh, the Mayflower building, there people have seen shadows frequently, and investigators have been touched in the building. Why? <laughs> I feel like that would be your like ultimate. Please don't let this happen to me. <laughs> yes, I don't want. Don't touch me. Don't and the touch me, drink. In the Philadelphia building. Gotta, gotta put a little Philly in, like, every story. <laughs> yeah, why is that becoming our thing? Loud sounds and voices have been heard coming from the building. Investigators surrounded the building and entered it via the tunnel system. No one was in the building, nor could they have fled without being observed. And the administration building, there have been multiple voices heard at various times. And EVPs caught of what appears to be toilet flushing. And this building has no running water or bathroom fixtures. Great. We're like, ghosts be like, you know what? Fuck you. Whoosh. <laughs> and the last building is the Hershey building. Aww. And investigators have heard female child's voice on the third floor. It's just me. Just you just up there singing. Yeah. So that is Penhurst. That honestly wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. I, for some reason, thought it was going to be longer. Yeah, because you're like, oh, no, this one's not short. <laughs> this one's long compared to the next couple. Oh, fair. That's okay. Mine are pretty. I think my next one is my longest one. And I don't know that it was really that long. Um, I don't have anything to say. It was a lot of history. It was a lot of history. Hmm. Gotta know the fucked up stuff to know why it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So what do you got for us for Murder Monday? Uh, I think it's the murder of Suzanne, isn't it? Yes. Capper. Yes. It takes place in Manchester. England. Hello, governor. <laughs> there go any listeners we have from the United Kingdom. I'm just quoting the Raisin Bran commercial. Because those are accurate. <laughs> I didn't say it was accurate. I just said. You're quoting. I'm quoting. So, until Monday, when I'm going to do the whole episode in a British accent, I would never. I, I would never. I would never want to do another episode. <laughs> um, so, until then, you can find us on Instagram at, in reference to. <laughs> In reference to podcast. 
on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know that that's accurate. That was more of like a. That was like a Louisiana. Oh, I was gonna say like a Southern gangster. <laughs> on Twitter. On Twitter, yo. Wow. Who's what? blowing up your phone? I have do not disturb on, so nobody should be lighting up my phone. Well, it lit up. Um, you can email us. I don't, I never finished. Oh, in reference to podcast at gmail.com. God, don't you ever let your partners finish? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter is in reference to. It's maybe updated. Um... And you can support us on Patreon and support Wikipedia. Catch you guys on Monday at patreon.com. Oh. <laughs> in reference like, to. Stop. It's because you yawned. Oh, sorry. I heard it. I heard it. So I stopped so that they wouldn't have to hear you yawning over me talking. I just, I'm like, I'm like, all right, I guess we're done. All right, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, until next time.